Well, we finally made it. And while Alabama didn't hold up their end of the bargain, we're going to blow this week out. This is the Ole Miss-Alabama week. SEC West is on the line. We need some help from LSU. But SEC West is still on the line. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome to this edition of the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you very much for tuning in today. This is coming off of bye week. It's still going to be a little bit different until tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll get back to normal. But we're going to kind of do a three takeaways episode today and talk about some of the things that we could take away from this past week that will behoove us in the future. Anyway, these days, every potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. Terms and conditions apply. Also, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and of course, comment and participate in the conversation down below as well as upvoting the video itself. We'd appreciate it. Anyway, this was a pretty fun weekend of football. Now, the Liberty-Arkansas game turned out to be what the Tennessee-Georgia game was promised, and the LSU-Alabama game was quite simply probably the best game in 15 years in college football. Absolutely fantastic. But what is that? What can be taken away from that as an Ole Miss fan? When you look at what happened and whenever you can just sit back and enjoy football, what can we take away from this weekend? And first of all, everything's still left to play and that Ole Miss fans should approach this weekend with Alabama with just like game day and everything else is here, even though it's not. Alabama did not hold up their end of the bargain. That's fine. Ole Miss is normally the team that doesn't hold up their end of the bargain on that, but this time they did. They expected a huge game. Alabama couldn't deliver. But Ole Miss's fans need to treat it as if the game is as big as we can imagine. Be overly loud. Be rambunctious. Be loud. Be rowdy. All of those things will be helping Ole Miss as they move forward in this game. Now, Alabama has not given up less than 19 points to any team when they've played a road game this year. Their defense looked bad against LSU in the second half, period. Just did not look good at all. But we'll talk about that when we start talking about the Alabama talk in the second half. But when you look at Alabama on the road, they've given up a minimum of 19 points. And that was to a team in which the starting quarterback got injured. They still gave up 19 points. They gave up 26 or 28, I forget the number exactly, to Arkansas. Um, Against Tennessee, they gave up 52. Against LSU, they gave up 32. You can see that on the road, they're not a very good defensive team. Now, this Ole Miss team, I think, is built in a way that can take advantage of this Bama defense. Bama is an elite team full of elite players. So no matter what I say during this week, do not forget that my intention and my starting base is there. They can always rise up and have a good game. They are the most talented roster that Ole Miss has played. That said, 
there's some issues right now on this Alabama team. This season, they have never looked good away from home. Something has happened even in the games they won that make you just kind of shake your head. I mean, they were up 28 to nothing on Arkansas. And the next thing you know, after two quarters, it's 28-23. And without a couple of big runs, you're like, you think Arkansas is going to come back and do this? Alabama needed a 50-yard field goal to beat Texas 20-19. They lost the game at Tennessee. They've lost the game at LSU. Two rowdy, raucous environments. If you think of the way it was, Alabama lost both of those games. Now, they're used to playing in atmospheres like this. But they appear to have some holes that they can take advantage of. Now, the second takeaway from this weekend is J.J. Pegues is imperative that he is the star of the team moving forward in this game. Period. He needs to be able to star the game. When Bryce Young had pressure in his face and he had to worry about the rush that was coming directly in front of him, he's not tall enough to sit back and survey and survey the field. And a lot of his passes were anticipatory to where his interception in the end zone was a little bit behind because the receiver was not where he thought they'd be. A lot of his stuff was anticipating where the receiver is going to be, but it wasn't quite there. So a rush directly up the middle could affect him. Now, Bryce Young is a generational talent and the best quarterback that Ole Miss will face this year, period. It's not even close. But if you are looking at a way to affect him, it's that he's probably 5'9", 5'10", 5'11", somewhere in that range and he struggles against defenders rushing directly in the face. That means big game for um, J.J. Pegues. He's the best pass-rushing nose guard that Ole Miss has. He needs to be able to affect the rush. Um, If he does that, it should be interesting. Now, I think you saw this week that Alabama, they've struggled running the ball. I don't know if it's a mental thing. They're going to probably try and play murder ball and probably try to do something similar than they did last year. This isn't really that team. This is this is an Alabama team that is struggling to run the football. And the part of the reason for that is they don't have the guy to give the ball between the tackles. And the guy they want out on the field can't really run between the tackles. So whenever Jameer Gibbs is in there, the defense can focus on outside runs. When Roydell Williams is in there, they can focus on inside runs, and Jake McClellan's a little bit of both, but without explosive runs, they have shown that they have not been effective on the road in the run game. They had 60 yards rushing and three explosive plays. They ended up with 300, and everybody's like, well, Alabama's back. Now, there was just poor tackling in the fourth quarter by the Arkansas Razorbacks. They didn't really run the ball that effectively um, against LSU. They really didn't run the ball that effectively other than those three runs against Arkansas. They've struggled on the road running the football. Everybody talks about a run game travels. If you can pack up your run game, you could be in a situation that everything could be good. But they haven't done that yet. Now, again, like I said, everything I say, take this to heart. Alabama's the best roster Ole Miss has played, and they can always rise up. Something can surprise you. They can figure something out. They can spot a deficiency 
They have the ability to do that. Do not just look at the numbers, but also don't not look at the numbers. Because the third takeaway of this weekend, and I did a whole show about don't lose to the logo on the helmet. Um, do not lose to the logo of this team. This team, this Alabama team, is two plays away from being 5-4. and four. They're two plays away from being 9-0. and oh. It's that law of averages that you hear about. But my point is, Alabama, though a really good team, the teams from 2014 to 2020 did not have a floor this low as this Alabama team. This team's ceiling is national championship level. People need to remember that. But this team's floor is like eight and four. And with them getting by Texas and Texas A&M and getting past five and four to where they're seven and two now, this was a team that was Gator Bowl, Belt Bowl, if those games go a different direction. So understand that this is not a typical Alabama team. Still uber talented. They, are, they have holes that can be exploited. And one thing that you noticed in this game is that LSU's offense in the second half really had no problem moving the football. There's a confidence issue that is going on with the Alabama players. Again, uber talented. I will say it over and over again, and you guys know how I am about confidence, but I will reiterate that this is a team capable of rising up in all aspects of the game. Not just a situation to where they just pop up and do certain things well. These, these guys kind of are what they are nine games into a season. And I think they're going to try to run the ball like they did in the second half against LSU. Because in the first half, they just their best plays were running plays. But there was three or four possessions to where they called no running plays. And that allowed that game to get bogged down a little bit. People will say Ole Miss has kind of a coordinator, or Alabama has a coordinator problem at the moment. They, You will hear from Jake um, Thomas talking about Bill O'Brien. You will hear from Jake Thomas and um, Luke Robinson talking about Pete, Pete Golding. They do not have much confidence at the moment in their in their coordinators, which is weird because they're 7-2. and two. I think we're just overly conditioned to Alabama winning games that – them at seven and two, they think the world's ending. They, it's one of those situations where they look at the Citrus Bowl the way that Ole Miss looks at the Liberty Bowl and the Birmingham Bowl. That's the difference of where these two programs are at at the moment. Now, if somebody's even or above Ole Miss, I'll have no problem saying that. But if they're not and they're trying to claim they are, like LSU, I will honestly say, LSU is in a better position as a program than Ole Miss at the moment and historically. Not all, not many teams can say that. Historically, yes. At the moment, no. Potentially, who knows? Because you're doing that thing where you take a data point and they have it. You can say, claim to have all the money in the world, but if you've had problems for the last 15 years with all that money in the world, it doesn't really matter. So the two programs that I consider in the West that are kind of above Ole Miss's prestige level at the moment is Alabama and LSU. Texas A&M, they're, they're just not quite there yet. They might get there. They're not quite there yet. Auburn is not there. 
Uh, Mississippi State is not there. Arkansas is not there. And, and that's how the West is going. So at the moment, Ole Miss is making some hay and they have a chance to get good really quick. And it starts with this game. When we come back, we are going to start looking at Alabama. And I'll tell you what we're going to have for you, already confirmed, this week. That's actually pretty cool. In the third segment, we're going to do Week 11 SEC line. So stick around for that. These days, every potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have the access to the best candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. So build a profile at LinkedIn Jobs. I know I went in there, just slapped it together. Everybody's familiar with profile building. You can go online and see how it needs to be built professionally. All that standards, it's all there. Then add your purple hashtag hiring frame to your profile to spread the word that you are, in fact, hiring. Simple tools like screening question make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses what rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Anyway, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. Um, from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go behind the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. It's Locked On Sports Today. It's available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. All right. So, we talked in the first segment of the three takeaways from the bye week. Now, let's start to look ahead to Alabama. Like I said before, I think this is a huge game for J.J. Pegues and his ability to rush up the middle and straight ahead and Kari Coleman doing the A-gap rush that you see from time to time. You see him trying to do um, Cedric Johnson. I think they might get a little exotic. They will do a ton of stuff to try and affect Bryce Young. Now, the difference between this Alabama team and last year is the wide receiving core. They went and got Jermaine Burton. He wasn't Jamison Williams. There's not even a John Mechie, really, in this um, receiving squad. And so you have a bunch of guys that are really talented, and if they get open, they can hurt you, but nobody is proven. And after nine games, they're not proven. They even talked about in the LSU game that, hey, getting JoJo Earl back, maybe this will be the guy, because they're constantly looking for the guys that they had in 2019 and 2020. Well, those guys aren't walking through the door at the moment. And Bill O'Brien is trying to dial things up, and there's some communication missteps. And basically, they just kind of looked out of sorts. Now, on the road, teams have started to figure out a little bit how to play Alabama. And number one is get pressure and Bryce Young directly up the middle, in his face. Tackle where you can. Don't let Bryce Young's legs beat you, but he doesn't want his legs to beat you. So that's an advantage for you. But impressively, push up the middle and make him move off his spot. 
That is huge. The second is unbelievable tackling. These are five-star players. The best roster that you're going to face in this, this season, unless you get to the SEC championship game, and then which it will be Georgia probably. But right now, this is the best roster that you will face. Tackling is a must. You have to sheer fire tackle these guys. They're going to play really hard. They're really talented players. And if you don't tackle well, they can burn you. Jameer Gibbs looks like Alvin Kamara out there playing running back in the open field. Do not let him into the open field. Tackle consistently. If you do that, you'll be all right. When he takes him out of the game, Roy Dale Williams and Jace McClellan, while they might be good, not really the same player. You need to avoid bust. You need to play clean defensively, and you need to find a way to turn the ball over once or twice during the game. If you do that, that is probably a best-case situ situation for Ole Miss's defense. You're not going to have a situation where you even necessarily contain Alabama. But what you want to do is get them to where they score somewhere in the neighborhood of 27 to 34 points to where hopefully you can outscore Alabama. That's how you beat this team. You outscore them. Their offense is so good. If you can keep that score down, you can start to take advantage of that defense. Like I said, though, really solid players on that side of the ball, and they can rise up. If you look at the Georgia-Tennessee game from this past weekend, everybody, including myself and the Tennessee fans, everybody's like, Georgia only has 10 sacks this year through seven games. That's a problem for the Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia was in the backfield all day. They rose up. Alabama has the ability to do that as well. So no matter what happens, this is an upset. And if you look down below, you can see that Alabama's installed as a 12-point favorite. So according to Vegas, according to everybody, this would be an upset. This, Even though this is the number nine team versus the number 11 team on the road. So that's kind of a big deal looking forward. And I'll talk a little bit about this game um, when we start going through the lines and why I think that number could be a little um, high. But Ole Miss can win this game. I don't think anybody could watch what happened in the LSU game and say, well, Ole Miss can't win that game. No, Ole Miss can win this game. Ole Miss has to play clean offensively. Jackson Dart needs to handle the moment, which he has multiple times this year. I'm no longer even worried about Jackson Dart at quarterback. He has stepped up every single time and answered the bell, which is props for a, red, uh, a sophomore in his first year starting at Ole Miss. Um, Zach Evans needs to be back and healthy. I, Ole Miss's offense is different when Zach Evans is healthy. Quinshawn Judkins needs to perform. Everybody is going to start keying on Judkins, and that actually will open up for Evans a little bit on the outside. You will see them kind of attacks the team. And if you looked at Alabama's defense, Josh Williams against um, Bama last night or Saturday night found some success in the middle of the field. They took advantage of Henry Toa Toa and um, Jaheim Otis and just kind of keep, kept hitting, kept hitting, kept hitting to the point where two yards became four yards, became six yards. And that is not something that has happened to an Alabama team very often in the past. So that's something to pay attention to. Now, the last thing that we're going to talk about in this keys is I think Jackson Dart matches up perfectly with the Alabama defense. And everybody's like, wait, what are you talking about? 
Jackson Dart is a mobile quarterback, similar to Jalen Daniels. He can really motor. He's put up heavy rushing numbers. They're going to run him Saturday night. I think that his also his propensity for throwing the deep ball is also massive for this game. Absolutely huge. And those two things, as long as he doesn't make a mistake in the same vein that he had, did against Vanderbilt, which is something you haven't really seen since then, I think you'll be all right. I trust him in the one-on-one situations. I trust our receivers against their defensive backs. I think they can win. And we have a bunch of guys that are size-speed ratioed in a way that can make Alabama pay a little bit. So we'll see exactly what it looks like. I'm telling you, I'm looking forward to this game probably more so than I have any other game since Bama in 2014. Game day might not be in town. Bama may be coming off a loss. But for Ole Miss, by kickoff, everything that we hoped this game would be could be there. LSU's only a two-and-a-half-point favorite in Fayetteville. Fayetteville's a weird place, as we know. If Alabama rose up, or Arkansas rose up and was able to take LSU down on the road in Fayetteville, would anybody actually be that surprised? In a game where they're going to be extremely focused after their loss to Liberty, would anybody be surprised about that? It's all there. It's all on the table. But we need to just go ahead and assume that Arkansas is going to um, handle this game and we're going, we need to take care of business moving forward because we got an upset that we need to pull. Fayetteville's a house of horrors for Ole Miss as well, but we need to um, be in a position to do our best there. And the Egg Bowl on Thursday night, that's going to be a little bit of a war as well. I'm telling you, the next three day, three games are absolutely the potential is there for massive fun. And if you are not having fun watching Ole Miss football right now, if this isn't fun for you, I don't know if I can help you. I mean, even before the season, I told you all this stuff that this is the best roster that is that Ole Miss has assembled in my lifetime. Um, I predicted 10 wins, maybe nine. I forget what it was. But we're right around that ballpark. I've told you exactly how this season would go. The one thing that I've gotten wrong was that I thought Texas A&M would have been the loss and not LSU. You flip those around, I figured Ole Miss would be 8-1 and one right now. And the season is just absolutely fun. Anyway, this week we're going to have John Avery. He's going to talk about his infamous kickoff return against the Alabama Crimson Tide and, and also answer the question, how fast is John Avery fast? Corey Burton is going to come by to talk about the Ole Miss run game and the, and the triple options that they employ from time to time. We're going to have Jake Thomas and Luke Robinson here to talk Alabama Crimson Tide over the course of the week, Basically, essentially two crossovers. Um, we're going to talk to Chris Gordy this week um, if he is available and can do it. And our normal contributors will be there, Kara, Tom, Derek. All those guys will be around and you can catch us on our Twitter spaces and provide your commentary. Um, and also, you can um, check out the other shows on the All's Conference Network like SEC After Dark um, and the Biscuits and SEC um, Preview. You can catch those on the Twitter account as well. So, 
we got a ton of perspectives. Like we do most games, but more so, we're going hard for this game because this game is so massive, and it doesn't matter that Alabama um, lost the game at LSU. This is a massive, massive game. Anyway, BetOnline is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcast, in-depth analysis on every game. If you look down below, you can see that Alabama is opening at a 12-point favorite, number nine at number 11, Ole Miss. That's the AP poll. The over-under is sitting at 64 points. If you don't agree with those numbers, there's an opportunity for you to put your money where your mouth is, and BetOnline will let you handle that. So it's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MMA, MLB, boxing, golf, and the MLS season that just ended. Congratulations, LAFC, for winning that game. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. It's BetOnline. It's where the game starts. Anyway, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including iTunes and Spotify. If you don't mind, if you could leave a five-star review on iTunes and Spotify, it doesn't matter what you say. Just make sure it's a five-star review. That'll help people that search for the show find the show. So if they search on the Google machine, Ole Miss Podcast, it will be there. It's because of these reviews that will help out with that. Thank you very much for that. Anyway, it's lines time. All lines come courtesy of Bet Online on this podcast. And so this is what the SEC lines look like this week. All right. In the first game, Vandy is at Kentucky. Kentucky's installed at a 17.5-point favorite. And if Vandy can score a TD, I don't know if Kentucky can score enough to hit that line, honestly. Kentucky's offense is atrocious. Will Levis is not that good. I would take Brady Cook over Will Levis all day, every day, um, as somebody that was supposed to be a first pick of the draft, top quarterback taken, yada, yada, yada. Kentucky and Will Levis has not performed this year. Offensive coordinator at Kentucky has been fired. Vandy's going to get somebody eventually. Vandy's a better team than they have been. Uh, I'm just waiting for that to happen. The next game, Mizzou is at Tennessee. Tennessee is installed at a 21.5-point favorite. Mizzou has trouble winning games. The the end of games, they're down 21-17. Kentucky snaps the ball over the head of the punter. It goes like 50 yards downfield. Kentucky just grabs it and punts it like to the 20-yard line. But because that guy's getting tackled, they called a roughing the punter penalty. So it went from Mizzou being in position to win that game to that game being over. It, It was one of the weirdest calls that I've seen. In Fayetteville, LSU is a two and a half point favorite over Arkansas. This is a rise up capable game. Both of LSU's last SEC games are rise up capable games in a similar way in that Texas A&M had LSU rise up and beat them last year at home. It's a situation where LSU is going to have to fight to win these games. They're going to be told all week how great it is that they are SEC West champions and the season's extensively over. They're in a position that they have to defend, period. LSU is a good team. We told you a couple weeks ago that they had 2008 Ole Miss potential, and at the end of the season, they became really, really good. That's the other side of this coin. Right now, LSU is really, really good. So they really have to 
be overconfident going into Arkansas. I think talent-wise, they're clicking pretty good. Brian Kelly, hell of a coach. Um, I told you guys in August, I didn't think that they would be good this quickly, but eventually they'd be good because he's a heck of a coach. He's doing a massive job this year. But now it comes with success. They've been chasing all season trying to get better. How does it look from the top of the mountaintop? We will see. Anyway, Alabama is a 12-point favorite at Ole Miss. It's a game that Alabama could absolutely rise up and um, cover that line with ease. It's also a game they could lose to Ole Miss. You don't really know how it's going to go. Alabama has not played well on the road. And even the Arkansas game that the final score looks good doesn't really add up that way if you actually watch the game. There was a period where the game was 28-23. Arkansas had the ball and was moving toward essentially winning the game. Um, But then some big runs happened. Alabama was able to establish control. That's their big road win this year. Uh, After that, they beat Texas 20-19. They lost to Tennessee 52-49. And they lost to LSU 32-31. So good team. Alabama could rise up. They do not play extremely well on the road. Anyway, Texas A&M is at Auburn, led by Cadillac Williams. Auburn is a one-point favorite. I'm telling you, this is the weirdest game in the world. I don't know how it's going to go. It probably is going to be Connor Wigman. I think the wrong team might be favored there. Auburn played with a ton of heart, a ton of energy, um, but they're going to face a different animal. If Texas A&M can win this game, they've got um, UMass, and they're at 5-6 and six playing LSU for a bowl game and those extra practices, which will be huge for those freshmen. Also, we look at Georgia. They're 17-point favorites in Starkville. In Starkville. Um, after this Auburn game, they're probably not looking very good for the Bulldogs of Mississippi State, but we'll see how that looks. And also, if you look at it, South Carolina is a nine-point dog to the Florida Gators. Florida Gators actually went into College Station. I know Texas A&M had the flu or whatever that annual occurrence of virus was, but Florida handled business. I think Florida will handle business again. They're on their way to six or seven wins. This is big for Billy Napier, and I expect him to do quite well moving forward, honestly. Um Florida um, being good at football is something that happens. There's 40 million people in this state. This state has the same number of football classifications at 40 million as Mississippi does at three. Just food for thought there. So those are your SEC Week 11 lines. I hope everybody enjoys it. As as the week goes on, we we will have multiple Alabama personalities. Um, We will have high school coaches breaking down the Ole Miss running game. We got Andy Patton going to talk about Ole Miss basketball from Locked On College Basketball. All of this is really cool, and um, we're going to go hard this week. We're going to go hard next week, and we're going to go hard Thanksgiving week um, leading up to future football. So we'll see how this goes. Remember, Ole Miss has like a 15-game home win streak that they are defending with Alabama coming into town. It's going to be a hard place to play. They need um, – they're heavily penalized. They need to go against atmosphere. And I think they probably will because, if nothing else, this LSU game taught you that 
this is a winnable football game. This isn't Alabama from 2019. This isn't Alabama from 2018, 2020. This is a little bit of a different animal. So we'll see exactly what that looks like. And Vault Hemingway Stadium at 2.30 Central on CBS. Alabama, a 12-point favorite. The over-under is at 64 points. Man, fantastic. But anyway, everybody needs to get fired up. Seriously. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports Today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, it's available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. It's Bama Week. We're here. Hope everybody has a good time. I'll see you later.